This is the Astrology University podcast, helping you find inspiration, insight, and connection through the study of astrology. And I'm your host, Tony Howard. Well, hello, Tony Howard here with Astrology University, and we're here with another episode of the Astrology University podcast. Thanks for joining us. And today we have Mark Jones and Darby Costello with us uh, to talk about um, some really big topics. We're going to talk about astrology, life purpose, and destiny. We actually have a summit coming up at Astrology University with that same title. And so I thought it'd be great to have Mark and Darby on the show. They're both going to be presenting at the uh, summit, but I thought it'd be great to have them on the show just to talk a little bit more casually about destiny and life purpose and um, and and the intersection of astrology with, with those kind of big picture questions about life and, and how we use astrology to approach those questions, to find answers to those questions or not. <laughs> and so that's what we're going to talk about today. So uh, thanks for joining me, you two. Thank you. Pleasure. <laughs> Great to have you on the show. And so uh, I thought we'd just open up with a question about um, whether it's really uh, appropriate or uh, possible to uh, ask these big questions of astrology and whether it's possible that astrology can provide answers to these questions. What are, what are your thoughts about that? Should I start? Should sure, I say something? Sure, yeah. sure, yeah. Um, it, it's just because it reminds me of something that happened recently and I don't remember it happening before. It might have, you know. Um, but it happened a couple of months ago that within two weeks of each other, two weeks, two people, two men, both in their probably 50s, possibly 60s, came to me. They didn't know each other. It was just separate because this is where I see my clients right here. And both of them told, said to me that they had felt as though they had not fulfilled their destiny. And they wanted information or we wanted, they wanted a discussion about that in terms of their charts. Was there something that they should have done? Had they... But they had this strong feeling that they had not fulfilled their destiny. And that's what our conversation was about. And I'd never had that before. So then afterwards, it was before you, uh, you decided on this topic, you know, and when you decided on this topic, I thought of them. And I thought, aha, here's destiny again. What is this thing, destiny, you know, that people feel they either have fulfilled or haven't? And, and yes, is it in the chart, you know? I mean, I have to say that when you pick this topic, it was one of those rare symposiums or conferences where I could have just presented on like about 20 or 30 topics. It's just the kind of topic I want to get asked when I present something. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting, Darby, you were telling us about this just before we started the recording and you used the phrase life purpose. Mm. This particular sense of this example with these two men, the word yeah. destiny, the word life purpose are kind of interchangeable, aren't they? Yes. yes. You could argue from some maybe ultimate point of view, maybe there's a distinction between them. But what people are really saying is when they're asking you with a degree of passionate, plaintive quality mm. in their voice, you know, mm. have I fulfilled my life purpose or have I fulfilled my destiny? They're talking about something about human meaning, aren't they? They're yeah. not saying were, you know, were the Puritans right when they believed in predestination or were the Stoics right in Greece when they talked about fate? Was Plato right in the myth of Ur? They're not talking about an intellectual argument about what is fate or what is mm. destiny. They're saying, what does my human life mean? Mm. Mm. And did I live up? 
to the full potential of my human life mm. in, the, in the particular cloth from which I'm cut, so to speak. Mm. And I think that's the great question that comes up for people. It's not fate or fortune or life purpose in an abstract sense, is it? It's very much the human value of that question. They're not being mm. philosophers. They're being personal investigators yes. of their own life energy and their own life's journey. Yes. And do I think astrology can help with that human value question of was my life meaningful? Absolutely, I do. Uh, in all sorts of ways, because with those two gentlemen you were talking about at a certain age, I think you said they're in their 60s. I mean, is it a case of what was missing from their lives? Or is it a case of accepting something that they did do and seeing the value in it rather than projecting that it wasn't mm. value and there was some other thing they ought to be chasing that's more mm. meaningful or more beautiful mm. these are complex questions aren't they and the chart provides this wonderful mandala anchor for maybe the greatest discussion you could ever have with someone you know mm. what's your life been about you know it's, the, yeah. it's like the world's greatest excuse isn't it for an in-depth yeah. conversation yeah yeah and that's exactly what happened. I can remember one more than the other because I thought he had fulfilled his purpose. But there, So it's a feeling, isn't it? Some people feel as though they are doing that which is right for them. And other people feel as though... They, and, and now I'm thinking about it. So many people say, younger people will say, but I have, to, I have to do something. I have to fulfill something. And I'll say, what is it? And they'll say, I don't know. I, but I know I have to... You know, there's that feeling. And then, as you say, you have a discussion with them, the conversation, using the chart, this chart between you, sitting, sitting on the table between you. And all the conversation is around the chart and, and how they can get to the feeling that they're in the right place. You know, is well, there a right place or do they get to the feeling they're in the right well, place? Well, that's, that's a beautifully subtle question you raised for me. Mm -hmm because there's acceptance we're talking about, isn't there? The gentleman you felt that he had achieved this purpose, but he yes. didn't feel it. Is he following some abstract injunction from outside himself? Mm -hmm. Is he following some idealism a parent held from him or yes. an early teacher? Or is it actually a split inside him where he wants to be more perfectionistic or something? Sometimes yes. to me, it's about validating, isn't it? Yes, where it's about validating the truth. Yeah, exactly. And what yeah. they, the meaning they've already lived. Rudyard said this, Dane Rudyard. He yeah. said, sometimes, in a sense, astrologers are treating the chart as if the reading is for this newborn baby. And mm. they, they've never lived a, a single step. That just the mm. chart is being read now. Yes. But Rudyard said, no, the person has already spent X number of years living their chart. Yes. So yeah. What kind of job have they done? How, how yeah. have they handled that? What does it say about them? What does it say about the chart? And I find that a wonderful place to start with people. You yeah. know, how have you already lived your chart? So that yeah. we can see, feel what's that like and then make an adjustment, you know, mm. to where yeah. you are now, what that yeah. next. Yeah. I love that. I, and, you know, uh, you remind me that occasionally... Um, and ever since I was started, you know, ever since I've been doing chart, occasionally somebody comes to me and they're in their mid-80s. Even somebody came to me at 89, and she came to me until she died at 95. And the, the, the first time I was very young, I was in my 20s when it happened in Joburg, you know. <laughs> and each time I feel as though they're, I want, it's like they have so much. They have so much. And yet the conversation we have always is so interesting because they, they may not be able to articulate 
They may not have been able to articulate who they are, but suddenly they can through the chart being there, or you know, yes. through me reflecting the chart at them. When they start articulating it, then I can articulate it back, and they can, and the, and and of course I'm recording it all, and and the conversation becomes so beautiful, because they have this whole experience, and it and yeah. Well, and it would be a dilemma for some, wouldn't it, if someone comes in their 80s for a chart reading. Because if you're the kind of astrologer that has this series of progressive techniques about how the person's going to go forward in their life, this is a person that's already lived most of it. Absolutely. But if, if you're capable of holding a soulful stance to astrology, that can yeah. be a remarkably interesting conversation. But clearly yeah. it has to transcend just telling the person about themselves in a psychological way. Yeah. I mean, I, try, I did that once, right? When I was very young and I was using a set of specific techniques I've been trained at, I, I did that with like a 78-year-old, very mature lady. And she turned to me and she said, that was wonderful, young man. That was very accurate. You were extremely accurate. And we were half an hour in and I felt nothing but disappointment. Oh. She was oh. saying, you have told me what I already knew about myself and you did a really yeah. good job. And yeah. I said, well, what about if we pause and what if we use some more exper experimental techniques, the astrology that I practice now, you know, look at things more deeply, look at the possible origins of why or what yes. might be on in soul, if you yes. like about these dynamics we've spoken about. Would you like to have that conversation? And we did in a really shared way, me listening yeah. to her as much as her, me. And there were tears of recognition and tears of grief, mm. delight, 15 minutes into that conversation when I yeah. dropped the idea of describing her psychologically from her chart, yeah. which yeah. is techniques that you can learn to do that. Yeah. And it suddenly became this multifaceted conversation about the why of her life, the particular essence of it, if you like, what she had been here for and what she felt she was still truly being. Yeah. Um, you remind me of something. One of the first people I did when I came to this country 25 years ago um, is uh, she was 77 and she was an artist and she was fabulous. And she came to me and sent all her friends, which I loved. It got me going, you know. And we did the chart and everything. And a few days later, I met her in the street, coming down the street. And she looked at me and she said, thank you so much for helping me with my mother. And I said, still? And she said, forever, dear, forever. And she walked <laughs> and later, And you know, I knew her until she died in her mid-80s. Yes. Yes. And it was so interesting that because I, I was looking at Moon Venus, you know, mother, you know, and she, yes. ah, she was finally getting it, she said. <laughs> well, and look at that, you know, parents or family, you're, you're born with them, aren't you? You can't yeah. choose them. It's no. like life decides certain things are soulful or lifelong almost. Yeah. I had this realization when I was a therapist. I was looking at these very intense childhood patterns with people and I had the chart and I was able to research or contemplate because the question would arise, why these very challenging childhood circumstances? And in fact, yes. some people have asked me that directly. Yes, absolutely. Yes. That. Yes. So I was... What I began to see was, I, I, for me, the chart is the ultimate symbol that we're not a blank piece of paper. Yeah. You know, because we'd all just be a blank. We'd all yeah. just be create. You know, the chart symbolizes that which you come in with, that yeah. which I've called soul memory. Yeah. You know, you know, you could literalize it as reincarnation and past lives. You could literalize it in a way, in a Jungian sense, as the collective unconscious. But I prefer the, the rich poetic phrase soul memory that you yeah. are coming in with things that the soul is already feeling or thinking about or addressing yeah. and it seems to me that certain childhood circumstances even challenging ones 
can be looked at, and the chart certainly helps as a lens, from that soul memory place. And you can find meaning in it. It's not linear meaning. It's not, oh, you did something to yeah. someone before, therefore this has happened to you kind of nonsense mm. meaning. Yeah. It's more an enriched sense of the weather patterns that are contained in people, the hurricane yeah. and the, and the yeah. deserts and the oceans inside people when they're born. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and making a space for those landscapes and looking at the chart as a symbolic portal to yes. see through to those amazing inner landscapes and giving a space for them. It became so enriching for me. And it began to take my therapeutic practice to this other kind of place wow. where I would be yeah, comfortable yeah. talking to people about why, at least in yeah. potential, in a yeah. non-judgmental, non-hierarchical way, like why yeah. these things might be. Yes, that's one of the, um, yes, I was teaching on the weekend, and at some point um, I was teaching sinistry uh, a whole weekend, and yesterday people brought their sinistry, you know, we did the thing, and a couple of people did, um, they talked about their mother and them, or their brothers and them, you know, and at some point I said to one of them, why did you come into that particular mother? And she said, what do you mean? And I said, without, you know, how you say things. I said, the chart is an energy field into which you are born before your mother does anything. That, and it struck me a couple of years ago. The mother, before the mother does anything or the father does anything, there's the chart. And so many of my friends, when they've had children, they've looked at their children's chart and said, am I going to become that? And it's so different to the one they know before the child is born. You know, so it's so interesting that the child then almost through the chart asks the mother to be a certain version by their energy in some way. And, and it's like you, I find it fascinating to say, and why would you, especially when it's, of course, when it's difficult, why do you think the soul that is you would have chosen this particular, yes. yeah, and you get, once they stop saying, what do you mean, what do you mean, then it starts getting interesting, yeah, yes. I love, and you remind, I love what I, you just said. I love it. Can I say one more thing? Because you reminded yes. me of something. Sometimes my clients who come regularly will say, but I'm talking, I'm talking. I want you to talk because I want the recorder, you know. And I say, but, but it's important for you to talk because you're talking to me who is looking at the chart. And because of that, you speak in a certain way about yourself. And I've learned that over time. They speak in a certain way about things because I'm and because we're doing it through the chart you know through this mandala that you that you say I'm yes. looking at that chart all the time so everything they say there I am the picture of the you know I am representing the picture of the chart I never hear them except through the chart when I'm in that position somehow beautifully put yeah. I call that energy field you talk about I call that the knowing field Oh, that's lovely. Knows, yeah. The field that has knowing in it, that has knowledge in it. That's lovely. And in a way, that's the field that holds you in that space when you yeah. absolutely and you listen through the window of their chart. Absolutely. And I do think that is a high art. I do think the capacity to hold someone's chart in your mind and listen mm -hmm. to them truly from the through heart, from mind through it whilst they speak yeah. to you. Yeah. And really, I would encourage people, that is a richer path than trying to prove something to a new person that's come to you for a reading yeah, by trying absolutely. to show off something about the chart or yeah. some fancy piece of knowledge you've learned yeah. in a way it's to trust that yin aspect of it that you can be yeah. receptive to their truth because otherwise how does their energy field and their creativity come into your space in this limited yeah. time frame you have with them if yeah you, 
you're not able to do that if you're not able yeah. to make room for them to come in on that kind of level yeah. yeah and it is interesting how you must have this too that um once the person knocks on the door and they come in it can be a friend some of my friends come you know they I'll, they'll say hi can we meet and i'll say which way and they'll say i want to talk to her <laughs> and i say okay we make an appointment and then you want to <laughs> stay for dinner after yeah let's i'll stay for dinner and so they come in and from the moment they sit down there, I am in this other space. And then once it's finished, if they're friends and they're staying for dinner, I mean, I have a few, not a lot, then we kiss each other, we open the door, and then I'm not her anymore. And we can talk about other things, but you sit in this space with the chart in what I call sacred space, don't you? Exactly. Yeah. It is yeah. that. And it's a sacred space because when you sit in the, the role of healer or teacher or guide in any way, you bring out the best in yourself. Mm, absolutely. I, in that space for people, I'm going to endeavor to be the best of myself, no matter mm -hmm. how tired, no matter absolutely. how my absolutely. mind might apparently be wandering. I'm going to keep yeah. bringing it back for them. And then also, one subtly participates in a whole lineage of people, don't you? You yes. sit with all the people that have ever s sat together sincerely for soulful reasons. Yes. You know, I addressed this once in a keynote talk at Norwalk called When Two or More Are Gathered in My Name. When you gather together, in the name of, yes. you create a resonance throughout history with yes. all the people who have sat together in yes. the name. Yes. Uh, not least the great astrologers or great therapists of the past, but also just teachers and guides in all traditions. Yes. And I think it pays to recognize that lineage. And that's a lineage that's energetic and outside of, beyond even astrology. I think that particular lineage of just people that are open to the soulful potential of others and have held it in a certain way. Astrology is just a gift to people like that, mm. isn't it? It opens yes. a symbolic portal. And probably in this conference, Tony, people are going to hear a number of different versions of astrology. Yeah, that'll because, be fascinating. <laughs> well, exactly, because there's a number of different ways into that soulful yeah. space. You yeah. know, people, people can complain. It, it is a dilemma, I think, for the student. How do you take on board so wow. many different approaches to a field yes. that's so yeah. complex? But yeah. the key for people, I think, is to find intuitively the ones that feel the strongest for them and follow them until they mm -hmm. get to a certain place with people so that you mm -hmm. can walk into a certain landscape with people with their mm -hmm. chart and actually get somewhere with it before you try and take on any new information so you can learn to be in a certain space first. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's an intuitive process in a way, you know, how to it, find them. Do you remember when, when you started and you did charts and you looked at charts and then not almost like one day, da. Now, now you were doing the chart. I can, I can remember that. I can't remember the day, but I can remember the difference between looking at charts and, you know, and I, people would come to me and, and I mean, I wouldn't charge them because, you know, <laughs> I just, but I do the chart and do the chart. And then one day it, it had changed and it had become what I now call sacred space in this place. Yes. And the thing about destiny that we're speaking about too, because we, perhaps the feeling is I have, this is a destiny. And yet, and you know, if you think of somebody like Winston Churchill, his destiny was extraordinary. I've been working on his chart lately for many reasons and everything. But he was also, and I feel this, like when I'm not her, I'm an ordinary schmuck. You know, I yeah. say that. So when people yes. meet you at a conference, they think you're her, and you are her when you're her. But the rest of the time, you know, you're just this person like, and so destiny is not the whole of you. No matter, even when you find your destiny, you still have to deal with all the little stuff that is you underneath it somehow. The, the, I say the ordinary schmuck underneath. So no matter how, how powerful your destiny, 
And I think when people ask, you know, can you tell me my destiny? They're almost wanting something that is beyond that which is destiny. You know, it's something, it's, it, they want something to, they want to be not in pain anymore, just to have yeah. the destiny. Yeah. They're asking for soul, aren't they? And, yeah. and some kind of feeling of wholeness or participation in life, or even yeah. directly meaning, a sense yeah. of meaning, including yes. a sense of meaning in their struggles or suffering. Yes. And I think that's vitally important, I do. Regardless of metaphysical distinctions, you could have a highbrow version of this conversation, couldn't you, where we discussed all the different views of fate and destiny throughout yes. philosophy, throughout culture. Yes, yes. But the human version of the story is that people want a sense of life meaning. And Absolutely tangible in their heart and mind that they can walk out into the world and be a little bit straighter and a little bit Absolutely. more courageous and, and feeling yes. their own sense of integrity and possibility yes. and that really is something that the profession has to look itself in the mirror and ask you know at times are astrologers prepared to put down their highfalutin metaphysical ideas and actually work on what will touch people with that particular quality which transcends yes. the intellect really uh, it's not yes. as simple as a philosophical approach yes Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Beautiful, you guys. <clears throat> that was uh... a... <laughs> yes, we answered, did we answer the question? <laughs> Mark, what question did he ask? <laughs> that was so great. This happens to Mark. Mark and I meet, we meet in conferences for about 20 seconds, never more than that. I mean, occasionally more. And we... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Often around great poets yeah often around oh, great poets and short blasts of great poets yeah exactly yeah it's so wonderful so well, one of the things this dials it back a little bit from the place you guys went which was really rich and beautiful but um one of the things one of the reasons why i wanted to have the summit is we we have this history uh we have a lineage in in our craft about that kind of tries to look at some of these questions with uh well, it doesn't try to. It looks at these questions as if there's something predetermined, as if there's something deterministic that we can read in the chart so that, so that you could, for instance, tell someone their destiny, like specifically by looking at something in their chart or tell someone their life purpose or, you know, just uh, getting more granular, telling someone what type of career they should have or what type of job they should have or should they marry or should they not marry? Does the chart tell you that? Does the chart have, should I have kids? Should I not have kids? Or more, will I have kids or will I not have kids? Will I get married? Will I find my soulmate? These more, um, you know, specific and um, and uh, exact answers to questions like that. And so people uh, clients approach us with questions like that, and some astrologers approach astrology as if you can find uh, something specific in the chart, uh, like a, a, a concrete answer to that question. Um, so how do you feel about about that, both in terms of our lineage, but in terms of, I mean, I, we already kind of know the answer in some ways based on what you've just said, but um, that it's like for Mark, uh, more about finding meaning in the chart and it's not about finding the specific answer or um, or like what you were saying, Darby, about there being this um, everyday self and then the, the, the destiny sits on top of that or with it or interacts with it in some way, but you still have to come back to the everyday self and be that self. But what do you think about, um, you know, I mean, there's such a hook for us. If we, if we believe that some astrologer has the concrete answer to the question, will I have children? Will I meet I mean, my soulmate? That, we, we, want, we want the answer, right? And so, what, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's more of a discussion topic than a question, but what do you, what do you think about all this? It's, it's an extraordinarily complex question. Mm -hmm. 
because if astrology didn't have some power like this, <clears throat> we wouldn't study it perhaps so assiduously. If there weren't, in, in some of my recent preparation for master classes, I'm looking at early solar arc material. When early solar arc directions correspond with something like the Saturn square and certain innate potentials that's in a natal chart seem to coalesce in life events, you know, the parents divorce or the loss of the family home through unfortunate circumstances start to shape a person's life. And it's a collision of the internal progressions in the chart with the transit picture. And they do often correspond to formative life events. Um, but to literalize that yeah, into a kind a of formulaic yeah. algebra where yeah. I can just look at this particular lot of whatever or this particular midpoint or this particular asteroid or this particular planet and yeah. find your destiny or find your soulful purpose. Yeah. Uh, I think it's extremely problematic. It's it's a literalized, simplistic way of thinking, and it takes us out of a multivalent symbolism. It's not as rich, and it's too primitive. And it's also a huge hook, as you rightly pointed out, for insecurities in people and fears. And it therefore creates an unconscious projection of a magical authority onto the astrologer that I don't think the profession we're uh, enlightened enough about. Because really, in some ways, it's like when someone asks me, should I have children? It's like, well... You know, are you with someone uh, yes. of them? Do you want yeah. to have their children? You know, or if you're not with someone, have you always wanted children? Do you have a support network? Uh, mm -hmm. Are you healthy? Have, 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 has anyone told you there's a reason why you can't? It's mm -hmm. like, these are life questions. Why is the person turning to an astrologer to give them an abstract answer from on high? And even if the astrologer did, they may or may not respond to it or take that's it seriously. Because that's what I find when people project they, their power. They ask you something, but they wouldn't necessarily act on your answer. Yes. So can we bring them back to their own center of power as well as accept though? I mean, I do accept charts are very subtle, complex, symbolic windows to life potential and they do reveal certain timings they do reveal certain potentials at least in potential yes. but i personally try to hold that in a way that i find the answers in the person's life story not by trying to impose onto their life story this meaning i've discovered like some investigator in their chart you know yes yes um i think sometimes i find myself Oh, it's so difficult, isn't it? Will I have children? Will I marry? Will I stay with him? Yes. You know, um, should we stay together? I know. Oh, I always ask, well, do you, do you love them? And is yeah. the love enough to carry you beyond the issues that are coming up? And then you have yeah. to investigate that, don't you? Yeah. To yeah. me, they become very quickly therapeutic questions. Even if, let's say, that person that asks you that has a series of planets in the fourth house, square the seventh house yeah. and they have Saturn Venus conjunction and you think you know there are unfinished childhood emotions dominating their relationships planets in the yeah. fourth square the seventh and there's a there's a responsibility narrative in the chart Saturn with Venus to kind of yeah. mature about relationships yeah. even if you can see that in the chart you're still in a therapeutic dialogue aren't you you still have to say to them you know who is this person to you how how real with you are they? How much do they love you? How much do you love them? I mean, I changed someone's life once when I just asked them, uh, should I stay with my husband was the question. I said, do you love him? There was a 30 second pause and she went, no. And that was it. Yes. She left yeah. him. Yes. She left yes. him after that conversation. Yes. I mean, yes. it was just, do you love him? No, I don't anymore. Wow. Yes. She never had so a space simple. to share yeah. that, yeah. to be witness. 
You know, I probably, because um, I've never been a therapist, I, I've been only an astrologer. And over time, one develops certain qualities that are probably like a therapist. But I, I'm, so I probably don't ask questions in the same way that you do. You know, I, I think I probably do it differently in the sense. And I'm thinking of being in Paris. I think this is about 20, 25 years ago when I was first here. Uh, 23 years ago, I was in Paris and I was sitting with a young man in a cafe. I knew his chart because I'd known him since he was 16, you know, and uh, 20 years ago. Anyway, and he said to me, oh, do you think, do you think I'll ever find anyone and marry and have children? And his chart flew up in my head. And I said, absolutely, without question. Absolutely. And he said, oh, phew, good. <laughs> and I, afterwards I went, ooh. <laughs> and I mean, he's got wonderful children. <laughs> they're fabulous. Now, this is many years later. They're, they're, they're musicians like him and wonderful. So occasionally, because I, you know, almost come from a different... Well, that like, was I, her though, wasn't it? That was her pure no, intuition. No, him. No, but you're her. Oh, yes. You're no, definitely. I, be, I became yes. her. Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. And that happens. Like, I notice sometimes... I just notice sometimes, like, it, but it has to be absolutely clear when that happens, you know. Um, I've probably never said no, I, even if I felt, no, this person will not end up with someone. I probably would never follow that in the same way because it seems like it would be uh, not a good thing to do. But when it's a yes, the couple of times these things have happened, and absolutely. Well, you were following pure intuition, weren't you? And then your yeah. caution about with the no. Term. Yeah. It's a bit like, um, yeah, pure intuition of the charts yeah. and potential yeah. as it filters yeah. their reality through it. Yeah. But it's also like if someone asks you when they're going to die, yes. and like, are there some questions we shouldn't go near? Um, yes. It becomes a very real thing. Put it this way. I could write now a small book on the number of clients and students that have approached me telling me what people have said to them in astrological readings oh that yes shaped, me that too. shaped their life in some way that were yeah. problematic or yes. you know like being told your parents would die in the following yes. and then yes. your parents don't die and that yes. person left their job and moved to mm. take care of them yes so we have to be very careful but i do think pure intuition of the child exists like that and i certainly am prone to those experiences myself yeah really I don't argue that the, the chart can't show you information. I just don't think any of us would be involved in astrology if it couldn't show us information. Yes. My point is more how we hold it with people. How we hold we it. Hold it as some Old Testament prophet or ancient yeah. age telling them from on high with their yeah. magic wand, you know, yeah. that we yeah. hold it in a different way, the potentials yeah. of it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah, we hold it. And each time we enter it, it's really strange. No matter how you feel, you can think, oh, no, and I've got a client, you know. And you sit down, and suddenly, and that's wonderful. You're in that space with them in that particular space. And then it's finished, and that's it. And I've gotten over time, like when it's finished, that's it. Person, You know how at the end people will say, oh, I just have one more question? Sorry. <laughs> Because she has left the building. <laughs> well, and also, Darby, in that moment, they're often insecure, aren't they? If you've, if you've shared with them something profound and life-changing, yeah. it's like part of them wants to feel that they've, they've got a list of things to come away from the reading from. Yeah. And it's almost like two different reading styles, isn't it? The kind of people that try to provide a list of things for people. Because I often ask people who've had a reading in the last year or six months, what can you remember from it before they yeah. speak to me? And often people can't remember the big yeah. lifelong list or the, the year this and this will happen to them. 
Yeah. And it's like the people that aim for a life overview or those like me, I try to aim for what is the single most transformative next step this person can make in their life. I'm a yeah. pragmatist at heart. I yeah. realize that people feel overwhelmed by the entire life project. Yeah. So I try and focus on what's the single thing. What's yeah. the single thing that would most transform your life from this point? If we've understood it in this way, listening to the chart, listening to you being together, what's yeah. the single thing or what's the, what's the, or just the two things, what are the immediate steps that would alter yeah. something? Uh, it's an interesting, it's so such a dynamic, go on. So one can, I mean, we're, we share this, we can look at a chart and, and when I say I, we're navigators, you know, we help people navigate by the stars, you know, inner and outer world. So one can, like they'll ask a question and sometimes you can see so clearly where to aim them so that destination, let's say, can be closer to getting to. You can't say whether they will or won't get there, but you can give them help on their way to the destination they offer you. So it's quite useful when somebody has, okay, this is what I'm looking for, but, but will I get there? Ah, no, I can help you steer the ship, but I can't tell if you will get there for sure. Even that, but sometimes I'll have an intuition about it. The intu it. You can't see that in the chart. You can, you know, but you can help them navigate by the, by the stars revealed in the chart. Yeah. I like that. I like that distinction. It's an interesting word to destination too, isn't it? Yeah. It's like solidified outcome of destiny. Yeah. Yet we have to be careful when we think like that because destiny might be, or, or life purpose might be to forgive or, or to love again in a Absolutely. new way after Absolutely. catastrophic hurt. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that actually in, in the human life, not everyone's going to be like Winston, as you yourself pointed out, yeah. making transformative speeches with his jupiter neptune across the nodes leading yeah. a nation in idealism yeah. people it's the heroism of the everyday isn't it the heroism yeah. of ordinary that to step up and love someone to love your children even though yeah. you were not loved as a child yourself yeah, this is a hugely reparative act in the whole yeah. world it's yeah. like a an act of psychic and spiritual healing that radiates out i would argue in the whole world and makes the world a slightly better place that someone was able to do that human purpose rises out of seemingly the most domestic and ordinary details sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And that's that question, like, how much, do, the question I'm fascinated with, about how much, where is free will in this achievement of destiny, this seeking yes. destiny, you know, how, how, how do you learn to develop what I keep saying is this muscle, this inner muscle of whatever free will is, you know, and it's a mystery, you can never say that moment I chose because later you look back and you see the aspects and you think oh I thought that was choosing freely but Jupiter was actually that moment you know on my ascendant how could I have said no so it's to me free will is a real mystery and you never know for sure and yet you have to operate as if you are choosing all the time you know and and yet you're asking your people so want to know that they'll will get in a way I suppose what they want you know, or, or no, satisfaction, you're right. It's about satisfaction, that I will have a life that will feel satisfied. I will feel yes. the fullness of life, as you said earlier. Yeah, and, and, and that, it's almost that destiny seems the most important thing. Yeah. And so we try and help them with that. Yeah. And we use our chart to help ourselves with that as well. We use our charts to navigate our own, you know, Saturn aspects and whatever. 
well, to, at the risk of being comical or absurd, if it was possible to read Destiny purely, literally, just from the chart, and yeah. from being a gifted astrologer, then astrologers would clearly have just fabulous lives and hardly yeah. any problems and just have reached these pinnacles and, you know, not knocking our wonderful profession, but that's not the case, is it? Astrologers no, are as <laughs> and as flawed <laughs> and as damaged as any other set of people. So mm. clearly the chart doesn't just shine this easy answer or this. Yeah. And, and even if you see things doesn't mean you can overcome them. And that's the other thing to me about yeah. empowering guidance yeah. that there's one thing to show a path and it's another thing to make a person feel like they could walk that path. And they're yeah. two distinct things that for me, at the best, they come together within it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank, thanks. Thanks, guys. Um, you know, I just think that both of you have kind of pointed to something uh, really rich, which is that approaching these questions leads us to towards uh, an experience of, of wholeness or fullness. And uh, to me, that's like, um, that's a goal worth pursuing and it's 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 bigger than uh if if you could if you, even if you could be told what your destiny is like if somebody had been able to tell winston churchill oh yeah you're gonna go here on march 25th and you're gonna sign this paper that's gonna change the change the world or, yeah change the world um so make sure you show up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then but then that's like a moment that changed history maybe right there are all the other days of his life. Yeah. There's coming to terms with that moment and how it felt afterwards, how it felt before the stress before that moment. Um, yeah. um, and, and, uh, and that, and it's, it's looking well, back. And I mean, we started out with Darby with yes. you talking about folks looking back on their lives. Yes. And I think that as astrologers having a goal of trying to help um, our clients in that moment reach uh, for that experience, feeling state of wholeness or fullness um, or integration Mm-hmm. Um, those should really be our goals. Yes, yes. It, it, I find I don't know, Mark, Mark, if you find this, but I'm I'm working. I work a lot with um, people want things. You know, <laughs> they want me to tell them they're going to get what they want. I, a lot of <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's all the time. Maybe it's because this year Mars has been you know back and forth with squaring Uranus. You know, it's back and forth in Aquarius. But I've noticed. Um, so often, that's that's what people want. They want me to tell them that they're going to get the thing they want. Now, ah, and so often it's trying to get them to step back from that and and live, as you were saying, somehow bigger, for, you know, life itself. Rather, how do I get them to? And I realize I, without thinking, I'm I'm trying to get them to get bigger. So, you know. Rather than, I want this, I want this, I want this. Um, And also that frequently when we don't get what we want, that's when the search deepens into ourselves. And that's when we start to ask bigger questions of ourselves and those around us in a different way. I mean, even Churchill, say, for example, who did live on the grand stage and did ultimately get what he wanted to lead a nation in a heroic act. It was tempered by years of failure, a childhood where never spoke to his father, early journalistic adventures, like some, like an escapade from a a comic book. And then of course the failures of the first world war and his sense of responsibility for Gallipoli and the failures of Gallipoli. And he demobbed himself and he served in the trenches along with the ordinary soldiers, putting himself at great personal risk. He was so disgusted with himself. Sometimes you've got to go right down, Down. 
absolutely you just got to bottom out in the sense yeah. of I'm, I'm never going to get there yeah. and still live, still find the inner integrity to hold your yeah. head up and live. And yeah. then sometimes that capacity to feel like life purpose or your destined possibility can emerge yeah. in you because you've become whole enough. You've become yeah. rounded enough not to just be in that single, this is what I want. This is yes. what I want. Space. Yes. And that's really good because I'm thinking of another client. Um, when she came to me originally, um, she came because she wanted and somehow she's figured out how to use me really well. Don't you love those clients who really figure out how to use you, make them, they know how to use you at the best. And my Lord, has she grown as a person and a soul. And, a, and, it's, and she says it's me, but it's not. It's she knew how to use the information yes. that I was giving her in the best possible way to become the person that, she was lost from, you know. Well, you call it destiny, don't you, sometimes, because of, because a person's ready. Because, yeah. you know, life circumstances come around and a person was ready to respond. But if we forget that condition of readiness, that yeah. life circumstances happen to a whole host of people, but only a certain person was ready. Yes. Internal readiness is a factor that equates with that mystery of free will or yeah. what the, um, Bhagavad Gita calls Shraddha, um, inner faith or your heart fire, your inner yeah. faith, your, yeah. heart your fire. light, mm -hmm. your heart fire. I love that. Yeah, lovely. Fabulous. Heart fire. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Some yeah. people are passionate and their heart fire is there. And let's say they lose love and they're broken hearted. Yeah. And yeah. Um, they often find a redemptive act, you know, a yeah. voluntary service or a new love in a way yeah. that someone else loses love and closes off for years and years and years because there's no support because they're in a darkness because there's insufficient of that illumination yeah that's not to judge anything there's no because that's the mystery of destiny isn't it if there yeah. is a universal destiny it's not a simplistic right or wrong no it's not a simple like you got here you became the ceo of uh, corporation destiny yes yeah. you get to just sit back and smoke cigars yes it's not like that because destiny by definition would be an enormously mysterious quality to do with your ensoulment and your sense of participation in the cosmos. Yes. And mm -hmm. it's not a simple right or wrong because even to wander in the darkness for years and years, yes. not eliminated, yes. is also a part of people's path, a part yes. of people's destiny. And yes. to realize then, you know, to come in from the cold in that sense. And the few times in my life where I've participated with people where yes. working with me, they've come in from the cold, so to speak, yes. of years yes. of isolation. Yeah. It's so rewarding. Oh, so rewarding. It is. The return to love in, in one yeah. simple sense is more mm -hmm. rewarding than any yeah. huge, vast achievement in the world. Even, even something as substantial as Churchill's, even yeah. Churchill himself felt love in his life was just as important or his love of his wife. Yeah. It's very complex, isn't it? Clementine. Danger yep. with a term like destiny is you're always thinking big picture in terms of I'm no. going to be a pop star or mm -hmm. a famous astronomer or yeah. change the world yeah. in some yeah. but destiny sometimes is to choose to love the people around you in a way that no one ever in your family did before yeah. who's to say that's not destiny to break the pattern of abuse and yeah. actually come forth and be a new person you know, Absolutely. That's for me yeah. and to live with to live with something like necessity there's something yes. in the definition about necessity. I looked it up in the dictionary, and I, of course, that was the first thing I did, look up destiny in the dictionary. And there's something about um, necessity, to live with things almost as they are inside you somehow. Yes. And, and that's my client that I was just thinking of. She, 
she now feels as though she's living who she is. And she'll say, I have just been sitting with it. Nothing is happening at all. And yet it's fine. I'm finally getting it. And, and it's that, living with the darkness for some reason. And St. John of the Cross lived with, he, you know, I mean, his destiny was to be a mystic, you know. But he, he spent years saying, I cannot feel it, nothing. And yet he stayed with it and stayed with it and stayed with it. So I suppose that's partly what we try and help people do at our best. We look at the chart and we help them be with that chart, no matter how awkward, no matter how difficult, with whatever conditions, be with that energy, be with that chart. And those who are able to do it are the clients that we feel that we're really glad we're doing this. You know, we're, well, Because if you're not able to acknowledge what is, you're starting from a fictitious place, aren't you? Isn't yeah. that why so many healing projects fail and so many self projects fail? Because we're working on the wrong self. We're working yeah. on a fantasy aspect of our identity. Or we're, yeah. we're starting from a fictitious place. We haven't yeah. become sufficiently illuminated about the reality of our condition, if you like. Yeah. And then many a lopsided self-development project begins. Yeah. And actually that kind of realignment with what is, is part of, you know, it reminds me of a book by Bert Hellinger, the family constellations therapist. Oh, yes. One is, yeah. Or perma children start where you are, you know, the Buddhist yeah. sense of, you know, because if you start from anywhere other than where you are, you're trying to live someone else's life or a fantasy yeah. version of your own life. Mm -hmm. That itself may have something to do with the conception you have of the destiny or life purpose. But it, it could be argued there could be a real big difference between a person's conception of their own destiny and the actual destiny or life absolutely yeah. because if it's based on a fictitious self if it's based on a kind of false idealism of yourself to compensate for all the past pain yes then the ship gets steered in a strange direction yeah so this enormously subtle and complex subject but i mean i guess if anything comes out of this other than just such a pleasure to see you again yes. and especially <laughs> with your study you're very comfortable and attractive with antiquarian kind of pictures and great looking mm. books study yeah <laughs> the books in that library, Mark. Uh, I, yeah. I, I got to sleep in Darby's library last year. When he I did. <laughs> he slept <wow>. here. <laughs> the books in that library are just, it's its really wonderful. to I can yeah. just, just hang in the, out in there, in there for a day. It does look cool. It looks really cool. And it, it's, you'll have to come when you're in London next. It's, but it's yeah. the only thing. Sometimes I think people say, oh, you know, people steal things and everything. And the only thing I think I have, oh, I hope nobody would ever steal my books. I mean, you know, like go away to the truck with all my books. The only things that really matter, you know, they can take everything else. Yeah. But go back to that. You said something really interesting. Um, it's well, true that we're helping people. May I just say one thing? Oh, like, please. Yeah. It's just that I think we're trying to help people live, let us say, their destiny. Live their destiny. Though we cannot tell them what it is, we can only... We, our work is probably helping them live in it, live that yes. destiny. And then they discover it by living it in some way. But we can't that's say... The, that's a very giving approach, Darby, yeah. I think. Yeah. We can yeah. help them imagine it, can't yeah. we? We can help that's bring it. this compassionate, yeah. uh, enlightened as possible witnessing to help yeah. them amplify their vision for themselves and yeah. possibility. Yeah. Um, but really, the greatest gift is always that someone themselves live their own life, not oh, the vicarious yeah. extension of someone yeah. else's life or someone's projection of their life. And that's the yeah. danger. Astrologer tells you your destiny. Yeah. Is it your destiny anymore if they've written it down in a linear Absolutely. kind of form? You know, yeah. we, 
got yeah. to trust people's right in a way to be themselves and their yeah. creativeness to individuate. And do you know what you said before? Like um, sometimes uh, uh, people will say, you know, I put the, I th turn it on the recorder and I say things, then I turn it off because I need to say things sort of awkwardly. And then I turn it on again and I say things. And sometimes they say something and I say, that's exactly, you said it right about your chart. You know, they don't yeah. know they're looking. And I'll say, joke sometimes. I'll say we should swap chairs. That's exactly. That so good. You it should be exactly, yeah. yeah. Exactly. When you're, when they're, when they're really in the work yes, of yeah. being, you know, understanding the energy that we're talking about somehow, somehow they then say it perfectly. They get it. And then, then I, then, then I know, aha, this is, yeah. This is, this is working. <laughs> this is useful to them. I have a thing that all I can do is give a few clues. And sometimes I can give a really good clue. And I hope at my worst, I give at least a small clue yes. to, to go on well, with. So. To end then, the thing I do, the thing I do is sometimes I'll sort of lean forward slightly conspiratorially into Skype and I'll say, look, you know, we're aiming today that this one single conversation in a short space of time will transform your life. Yeah, <laughs> we may fail because that's a heroic aim. That's an enormously yeah. courageous aim. But that's I'd rather right. we aimed for that. You know, we might heroically fail, but at least we'll heroically fail together, doing something noble, treating that's, life that's like right. it's deserving yeah. of that kind of potential awareness. But, awareness. Yes. Yeah. And then yeah. we set up at least the possibility that it's a radical space. Because isn't it just a radical space to reach out to some unknown astrologer for a fee, maybe Absolutely. thousands of miles away, uh, and just trust? that they yeah. can hold your life in some meaningful way. It's Absolutely. an enormous act of courage from the client, yeah. really. Yeah, it's an definitely. Act of courage to reach out to someone. And can we appreciate that? Can we recognize yeah. in our heart what yeah. it must take for people to, to risk come. their hard-earned money mm -hmm. and time and inner yeah. life? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. And lately I've been getting, um, you know, when 1989 happened with that triple conjunction, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune, um, I... A few years later, I thought, ah, oh, damn, I have to live long enough to do their charts. Ah, it's so wrong, you know. Now I'm here and I'm doing their charts because they're coming up to their Saturn return. And lately, I've been doing charts of people in their early 20s just by chance because their mothers and aunts have been coming to me forever. And now they think, you know, they want to, and I'm a bit shy about it. And they, they come in when they're very young, like early 20s, and they look nervous. And I say, I know you're nervous. And I am too. But I promise you, in a half an hour, neither of us will be nervous. And they say, okay. Okay, <laughs> and then we start because when they're older, it's fine. I can make a mistake, but when they're younger, I don't want to. I don't want to ever say anything that will be harmful. Because, like you, I've heard of so many people that have gone to people that have said harmful things to them, things that made stuck in their heads. You know, so it's you have to be so delicate when you're doing someone yes. young because they're un they're emerging now somehow and one has to take great great respect you know always great exactly. respect but in this case particularly yeah yeah and they say you know what is what is life about you know and that triple especially the 1980 you know that triple conjunction is so powerful and a, a young man was on my course and he has it uh on the weekend and he said i feel as though and he just learned astrology a bit and he had a good mind for it and he said i feel as though this conjunction is something about destiny and i thought aha that's interesting i have to listen to him more cuz he he's emerging something you know that generation there's something about that generation that's very interesting lately to me you know, what is their destiny you know what is that generation it's also the year it strikes me under that 
alignment that Salman Rushdie received his fatwa from the Ayatollah Khomeini and the first time that a Western literary figure was attacked. Was that then? Blasphemy laws, 1989, under that. No kidding. Valentine's Day, 1989, he received the fatwa. And we had the early warning of the issue of religious blasphemy in. Wow. 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 And he was protected by the British government, but his Italian translator was shot. His Japanese translator, I think, was killed. You know, several people were got to from it. And it's, it's like the, it's complex, isn't it? These signatures have like a place in collective history and in individual charts. And that's the beautiful subtlety of astrology. Yeah, yeah. Nelson Mandela got out of jail. Well, yeah, you can look at collective and individual all at the same time and the people aboard that auspice. Um, And I think this will be perceived as a conversation by some of our colleagues in our profession that's pretty darn soulful and psychological and, and, and mellow on the predictive front. But it's quite interesting because we're not saying that there's no purpose to these alignments and there is a predictive element to astrology i think it's it's simplistic to deny it you know there are factors that seem Mm. to come about statistically relevant often enough under certain Mm. signatures very powerful and indicative it's just that to not literalize it to not make any a thing like a equals one b equals two it's not literal like that it has to be held more creatively and more in a more fertile that's context a, that yeah. knowing field that that, that knowing field i like yes. that it's an, yeah. a, a, i say an energy field a knowing field yes, yes. incarnate into the the person the mother the the, the child breathes in life <gasps> and that you know yes. and the, uh, there's a field a chart is born exactly and a, a field chart is, yes, exactly. Yes. Exactly. yeah yeah, yeah. And, well, then, and like a star is born. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> yes, each time a star is born. Yes. yes. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, well, thanks, guys. And, um, you know, I just want to kind of highlight a point that you guys were both making, which is that this, this unfolding of destiny and purpose is, is a dynamic process. And that, uh, you know, maybe it's even that certain destinies or purposes are only open to us once we take certain actions or once, once we mm-hmm. allow certain processes inside us or once we use our free will to make certain choices or mm-hmm. as, as you were both pointing out, once you kind of reach a bottom in some way and that mm-hmm. brings up something in you and then a transit comes along and there are different potentials activated, but th- there's not just one predetermined potential. No. And it's like you've got, you know, you better show up at uh, on August 1st, 1965 at 12 p.m. or you're going to miss your destiny. Yeah. <laughs> yes, well, yes. that's the feeling people have because it's a fear, isn't yeah. it? It's yes. a fear. Mm-hmm. On bad days, Tony, yeah. one feels like, oh, my God, did I miss the boat or did I miss yeah. a trip? You know, yeah. has my life come apart as a result? Yeah. What and have I really, done wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe it's, it's that, maybe it's that very feeling that calls up something in you that does take you into this next moment of yeah. destiny or purpose. Yeah. Yes, well, yes. and that, that would be free will to me. Free will yeah. is um, you, you choose your response to the necessary. There is yeah. a certain amount that just occurs, but you yeah. can choose your response. You can choose over time. Uh, although some of that choice is also still unconscious. It's based yeah. on who the deeper you actually is underneath some of your conceptions of yourself. But still mm. it's a choice how you mm. respond to life's rich pageant, you know, yes. Yes. tapestry. Absolutely. Yeah, tapestry. Yeah, absolutely. 
Beautiful. Well, thank you both for taking time out to chat with me today. This is definitely an you know, ongoing forever type of conversation, but we just yes, definitely. <laughs> touch into it a little bit today yeah. uh, for the sake of talking about uh, this, I mean, the, the summit coming up and what we're going to be exploring there for the whole weekend. So um, if you'd like to, if you like this topic, which I think most of us do, and you want to hear more, um, you can join all of us this weekend, uh, October 27th, 28th, 2018 at the Astrology Life Purpose and Destiny Summit. So I hope to see you there. Yeah. And again, thanks to both of you for taking time out of your busy schedules to chat with me today. Real pleasure. pleasure. Real pleasure, Tony. Always a pleasure. Yeah. For me too. For me too. And, um, and I look forward to, to seeing you both this weekend. So thanks yeah. so much. All right. So take care, folks, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Astrology University podcast. Study astrology online with some of the great astrologers of our time at www.astrologyuniversity.com, where we offer webinars, online classes, and virtual summits to bring you inspiration, connection, and insight through the study of astrology. Take good care, and we'll see you next time.